Hey everyone, welcome to the My Bible Works podcast. I'm your host, Cub Cooker. So excited to be here with you today. We are going to dive into biblical astronomy. What is it? How do you use it? How do you glorify God with it? How can it transform you and your family's life as you go outside and look at the night sky? The answers may surprise you as we dive into today's session and look into scripture to see what the Bible really says about astronomy. Welcome to the MyBible.Works podcast. I'm your host, Cub Cooker. In this tribe, we believe God reveals secrets to us and we expect spiritual treasure. The kingdom of God is in our midst, inside us and around us. We are thankful to have been given much and know we will receive even more. We renew our minds daily through scripture and the power of prayer. We manifest our faith through thought, emotion, prayer, and action. We believe the Word of God is highly effective and sharper than any sword. Welcome and smash that subscribe button. Welcome everyone, Cub Cooker here. Thank you so much for joining. I just want to remind everyone I am not a pastor. I'm just a guy that loves the Bible. I love to mentor others as we just take hands together and walk right through Scripture together. As we do every single day on this show, we're about to dive right into scripture. If you want, you can go ahead and join real quick over at www.mybible.works. It's completely free and you'll get updates on all of these videos. They're also organized in series with all the notes right there for you and your family to study and join in together as we discover who we are, who God is, and what his will is for our lives according to the Bible. Let's dive in today as we start today's session. This is continuing the series of New Age to Jesus as we look at the concepts of astrology by scripture. 1 Corinthians 15:41 in the Christian Standard Bible. There is a splendor of the sun and another of the moon and another of the stars. In fact, one star differs from another star in splendor. Now we see a beautiful correlation between stars and humanity. We also see that when God was talking about the nation of Israel, that he was going to multiply it to the number of the grains of sand or the stars in the sky. And what a beautiful, beautiful representation. So we already see a correlation between stars and the children of God. This is our New Age Christianity series. And again, we're not condoning New Age Christianity here, but we are really diving into what it is and why it's become so popular and uh, how maybe opposing it has kept us from looking in the right places. And I think that's why I wanted to start this because we hear astrology and we immediately run away. As we should, we, we see that Nebuchadnezzar struggled with that. He worshiped essentially himself. He looked to the gods, he looked to astrology, he built a tower and painted it like the planets. He wanted to divine for himself a, a projection of the future based on what the astrological signs were telling him rather than the astronomical signs that God has given us. And that's what this whole series is about, is looking at the New Age version of a biblical concept. 
and I think it will surprise you as we go through it. Astrology versus astronomy. We did astrology yesterday. You can go check that video out. It'll link above here as well as in the description. And today we're getting into astronomy. So as we dive into this session in a time of meditation in Psalm 8, 3 through 6 in the English Standard Version. When I look at your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have set in place, what is man that you are mindful of him and the son of man that you care for him? Yet you have made him a little lower than the heavenly beings and crowned him with the glory and honor you have given him dominion over the works of your hands. You have put all things under his feet. So as you look up at the sky tonight, remember that we have dominion over the works of the hands of God and he has put all things under our feet. What a beautiful thought and truth to hold as we look up. And we'll see why this is very important at the end of this episode. Amos 5.8, he who made the Palladius and Orion and turns deep darkness into the morning and darkness and darkens the day into night, who calls for the waters of the sea and pours them out on the surface of the earth. The Lord, Yahweh, is his name. Psalm 147.4 He determines the number of the stars and he gives all of them their names. So we see that God has already named the stars. He's determined the number of them. We don't understand what stars are. Even within our best scientific communities, they're still arguing about what they really are. We have mere speculation as to what they really are. We don't even understand the surface of our sun, much less its core. Everything we know scientifically is mere, merely a theory until we can step foot on it. And even then, we still don't understand even our own bodies, much less the heavenly bodies. In Strong's Concordance, a star or a kokab is a star or interchanged with a prince or a great leader or a ruler. And I find this very interesting because people of old would look to the stars and they would say that they were the rulers of the night or the ancestors or the gods. And we may be tempted to look up and worship them. Yet we know that all creation sings a song and groans for the Lord. And so we can look to them. But where should looking to them point us? In Matthew 24, 29, immediately after the tribulation of those days, the sun will be darkened and the moon will not give its light and the stars will fall from heaven and the powers of the heavens will be shaken. We know that God put signs in the sky. We know that he's given us a heavenly map to look at. We know that it is wound like a clock perfectly to show the patterns, the days, the years, and the signs of our lives. But when do we take that too far? In Acts 2.19, and I will show wonders in the heavens above and signs on the earth below. 
blood and fire and vapor of smoke. We see that on the great and glorious day of the Lord, that there will be many signs that things that creation itself will change. It will look different. And that is one thing we can look to these signs for God telling us what hour it is in a cosmic manner. Genesis 1.1 In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. Now we've heard this verse thousands of times. But think about the very creative power it takes for God to speak into being. The Big Bang pales in comparison to the creative power that it takes for very words, for the echoes, the vibrations of the voice of God to create heavens and earth. Genesis 1.14, And God said, Let there be lights in the expanse of the heavens to separate the day from the night. And let them be for signs and for seasons, and for days and for years. And let them be lights in the expanse of the heavens to give light upon the earth. And it was so. And God made the two great lights, the greater light to rule the day and the lesser light to rule the night. And the stars. And I love in this verse how the stars are almost an afterthought. What are they? Why are they? What do we glean from even looking at them? How do we fit into a cosmic narrative? And I want to show you today and reveal to us, myself, God's creative nature, this cosmic narrative that holds everything together from our cells to the stars, the patterns of the finger of God that run through everything. And if you take one thing away from this lesson, take away the understanding that I'm going to share at the end. That looking at the stars, we can look at ourselves. John 1, 1 through 1-5, the Word became flesh. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. So what are we looking at here? What is this magical word? Is it this Bible that I have sitting next to me? Is it the ancient scriptures? Is it Christ himself? And I think the answer will surprise all of us. You may have heard me talk on this before, and I want to share that in a minute, but let's look at this in Colossians 3.16. Let the word of the Messiah in all its richness live in you as you teach and counsel others in all wisdom. And as you sing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs with gratitude to God in your hearts. So what is this word of the Messiah? How can it live in us? In a way that we can teach and counsel others in all wisdom. Is this something that we just sit and read for hours on end? Do we sit with gurus and learn? 
or is this something much more available to us? And I propose that it is much more available to us. Looking at that first verse and spiritual means ethereal, a spirit, supernatural, regenerate, religious, songs, an ode, a song, a hymn, a chant or ode. So we see that the word, the spoken word is very, very powerful here singing songs, spiritual psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. This is not something we're accustomed to doing today in this manner. Our modern worship music pales in comparison to the vibrations that a spiritual song would have had in the native language of God. So this word that we're talking about, going back to John 1, 1 through 5, the word became flesh. The word means logos. And I find this very interesting because I've heard my entire life the word in the Bible. And I always just painted in my head that the word was Jesus Christ, that Jesus is living with God in the heavenly realms. And we see that while that is true, the word also represents something else. And it is this logos in Greek. And this comes from lego, or something said by implication, a topic, also reasoning or motive, by extension, a computation, specifically the divine expression. Think about that for a second that the word, the divine expression of God, became flesh in the man of Yeshua, Christ, Jesus. He came to save us, to give us his mind, the mind of Christ. 1 Corinthians 6, 19 through 20, or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God? You are not your own, for you were bought with a price. So glorify God in your body. And just like the Israelites had the Ark of the Covenant that carried the very presence of God, it was placed in a temple which became holy ground amongst the Israelites. And then we flash forward and we see that Christ came to set us free and make us a temple. So looking at this in the Strongs again, a temple, a shrine, that part of the temple where God himself resides. Holy, set apart, or for God. Holy, sacred, spirit, wind, breath spirit so we were bought with a price our body is a temple of the holy wind the holy breath first corinthians 2 12 through 16 now we have received not the spirit of the world but the spirit who is from god that we might understand the things freely given us by god 
and we impart this in words not taught by human wisdom, but taught by the Spirit, interpreting spiritual truths to those who are spiritual. The natural person does not accept the things of the Spirit of God, for they are folly to him, and he is not able to understand them because they are spiritually discerned. The spiritual person judges all things, but he is himself to be judged by no one. For who has understood the mind of the Lord so as to instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. So let's look at that again. The natural person does not accept the things of the Spirit of God. They are folly to him. How many times have we sat in church and heard something uncomfortable or heard something about angels or watchers or demons or spiritual entities or God creating the universe or the word of God, the logos, the divine expression of God? Or the fact that we are co-heirs of the throne of Christ. And we've been a little uncomfortable with it. Almost to the point of, that's blasphemous. That's folly. Yet if we step into a spiritual life, a true spiritual life, then we can judge all things clearly because we have a free gift from God. We have this ability within us. The spiritual person judges all things, but is himself to be judged by no one. Is that folly? Is that blasphemy? Or do we know that through Christ, by sharing the mind of Christ, by accepting the gift, we can and really should put on a new reality, a new mind, a new spirituality, where all things are connected, all things are love, all things are contained within him, within the word. The word, the divine expression of God became flesh and died and rose again to rise in us, to connect us, to seed the presence of God all around the planet. That is the church, that is us. New Age Christianity roots in our lives. We see that sometimes these thoughts and ideas can grow to where we worship the thought or the idea or the stars or the moon or the cycles when really we should look at them as a means to be in wonder and awe and gratitude and love and thankfulness and worship to God. What signs do you see in the heavens? Are we willing to set aside our prior ideas of the heavenly realms? And guys, I'm talking a major set aside, a set aside from how we currently understand it in science, a set aside from how we've grown up looking at the sky, a set aside from thinking that, okay, God created the heavens and the earth. This is a nice story. We don't really know how it happened, but it was probably, you know, him that started it all. What if we really believe that he actually spoke through the word, through the logos of his being into existence, all things, including us, and that that very logos that's in the stars is in us? 
and that Christ perfectly embodied that so that we could join him as a portion back to Yahweh. I find this beautiful and this is how I live my life. I am only scratching the surface of understanding this and as we work through this together, I hope that in the coming months and years, we unpack some incredible truths together. And I wanna start hearing from the community. If you've made it this far, just leave a comment. Let me know what you got out of this video and what your own thoughts are, what your own inspiration from God is on this concept. And finally, our final question is, are we trying to just make it in this world rather than ascend to bring the heavens inside us where our creator is and wants to dwell as a temple of the Holy Spirit with the mind of Christ connected to all things through the word, the logos, the divine expression of God that was incarnate perfectly in Yeshua, in Christ, in Jesus. That he has given us the ability to put on the mind of Christ, to share in his throne. I love you guys. I hope you have a beautiful, beautiful day. Be sure, don't forget, run on over to mybible.works. Make a free account. Go, go talk with some people over there. We're a small grassroots community. We're growing quickly. The YouTube channel here has been growing so fast. The podcast is growing, and our community is starting to grow over at mybible.works. It's a beautiful thing. God has us on a beautiful journey together. Let's rebuild the way that believers lift up and love each other. Jump on over there. I love you guys. Have a beautiful day. Focus as you look up at the night sky on being the Logos of God through Christ Jesus who set you free, who was perfectly the Logos of God. I love you and I will see you tomorrow. Peace. Tribe, if you enjoyed that episode, be sure and hit that subscribe button. That's the best way you can support us here on the channel. If you love growing in love and finding out more about God in the heavenly realms, then head over to mybible.works and engage in our free community. Let's grow in truth together.